live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios. I find joy in other people being so mad. This is the Press Box. Your voice is fine. Oh, take it from me. Always uplifting people. <laughs> With Grainy and Bischoff. It's uh, the best three minutes of every year. Uh, don't tell my girlfriend that. Uh, On ESPN Las Vegas. Did he tweet from Sherman about the voice? Sploosh. No, he's Sherman. Sploosh is such a good name, though. We don't no, need to rename I, I, Sploosh. I will rename him just for his comments. So Sploosh he's Sploosh has not commented on your voice. However, um, our 90 seconds of talking about hat style yesterday. Right. Sploosh apparently agrees with Jared. Wow. That's... What was the take? That Jared doesn't like flat bill hats. Oh, all right. I don't either. You got to you gotta bend it a little, right? Yeah, it's a hat. You got to bend it. So that 90 seconds of terrible radio we did on hats. Sherman Sploosh, liked that? Sploosh liked it. All right. And this 90 him. seconds of terrible radio? <laughs> Sploosh is going to like it a lot because we've said Sploosh like 17 <laughs> exactly. times. We're uh, keeping him in the row. The first bite. The first bite is brought to you by the Unnecessary Roughness Podcast, available on Raider Nation Radio. Who is the Golden Knights' best goalie? I called it! You did call it. You did call it. You called it a long time ago. He has not played the audio for us. He's claimed like six times this morning that two years ago he said Logan Thompson was better than Flurry. I'm still waiting to hear the audio. You think our... I don't think our... Remember, we went through a whole podcast change and all of our archives. All I'm got saying sh- is you can't claim to have called it until you play us the audio. All right. Let me see if I can find it. I yeah. doubt it's in here. I'm this just is when Mark andre Fleury was still here. Uh-huh. Uh, this isn't. It's not going to happen. Yeah. But Jared's just been well. yelling he called it, but we haven't heard any proof that he called it. And I don't remember what he said because I forget as soon as he says things what he said. It's the only way to handle with Jared. I'm a... Uh, well... If you look at our rundown, it says Jared loves Logan Thompson. That doesn't mean anything. That I is think true. It's, I think as we saw on the Twitter last night, I like to say this because I saw many people tweet it. It's his net. His net. It's his net. He owns the net. He owns that net now. So Logan Thompson stopped 35 or 36 shots last night. He has won five straight starts even after missing uh, more than a week with Robin Leonard returning and getting four straight starts in between there. Logan Thompson on the season in 13 games has a 9-2-5 save percentage and is plus seven in goals saved above average. He's actually, if you adjust the goal saved above average to a per-minute basis, he's third best in the entire NHL, right? Like there's only two goalies that have been better now. He's played in 13 games. He hasn't played in 30, 40, 50, 60 games like some of these goalies have. But he's third best through his first 13 games this year in goals saved above average on a per-minute basis. There's no way Robin Leonard can start tomorrow, no, right? No, not after last night. He can't start after last night. Is there that any, might have been their, one of their best games of the year. Is there any chance Pete DeBoer considers it? No. Okay. Do you think so? I can't believe he would after last night. I can't either, but this team's fun and weird, and they might. They might be like, yeah, it's, we got Robin Leonard. He's the goalie. I I think Pete DeBoer made the right decision to go with Logan Thompson. Uh, Robin Leonard has looked bad. Not himself. Yeah, like I injury-related or whatever, Robin Leonard hasn't looked good, and Logan Thompson 
gives them the best chance to mm-hmm. win games. That's that I think is the key here is this team needs to win whatever, six more games to finish out the year, seven more games to finish out the year. That's what they need to accomplish here. And Logan Thompson is the goaltender that gives them the best shot of doing it because Robin Leonard, four starts back from injury, two of them, he's given up five plus goals, right? That's, that's not very good. So right now, Logan Thompson gives this team the best chance to win games. Well, and like you said, we don't even, we talked about this yesterday. Leonard hasn't been good. No idea how, how healthy he is. So if there, if that's a combination of he's not playing well and he's not healthy, then I think that you got to stay with Logan Thompson anyway, but then there's no decision at that point. Right. If, if he's, if there's something wrong with him that we don't know about, and there's a very good chance there is, uh, there's no sense in putting him out there when Logan Thompson's playing this well. Now let's uh, jump into the future. Let's try to, Predict some things here. Robin Leonard played his last game for the Golden Knights. I'm not so sure about that because I want to see Logan Thompson um, continue to play this well because I do think DeBoer is a Leonard fan. So let's say they get into the playoffs against Edmonton and for whatever reason they go down 2-0. Like I could see him switching then. I could see him like making Leonard or giving Leonard a game if Logan Thompson gets in the playoffs and can't handle whatever whatever you want to call quote-unquote the pressure. But if Logan Thompson keeps playing like this and takes him into the playoffs and is good in the playoffs, then it's the last game he's ever played because yeah. I think looking well into the future, let's say Logan Thompson takes him to the playoffs and, and and wins or you know does really well with their cap situation, I think, in the summer, then Leonard, you move on. So the first, the, the, there's two parts of Robin Leonard's future in Vegas that are important. First is how much margin for error does Logan Thompson have right now? We're all assuming Logan Thompson is going to start in Edmonton tomorrow. If Logan Thompson has a bad game against Edmonton, are they immediately going back to Robin Leonard or is there more margin for error? Can Logan Thompson have a bad game in Edmonton and Pete DeBoer still say, all right, he's the guy for the next game, right? I think that depends on Leonard's health. So, and that, that I think that, right. I think that depends on what's really wrong with him. If he's just bad, then maybe not. But if he's, but he, if he's bad and hurt, then I think you continue to stay with yeah. Thompson. So the the margin for error for Logan Thompson is something we don't know that's important in trying to figure out how many games he's going to get. Because here's the, here's the other part of this. It's very unlikely that Logan Thompson is going to be awesome for the last, what, eight games of the regular right. season. Like, that's very unlikely that he's just, that he's not going to have a bad game. If he starts them all, it's he's going to have a bad game. In right. So what's the margin for error? Can he have a bad game and still run out there and start the next one? Or is it one bad game and they're going back to Leonard? So that's an important question. The other point that you brought up is the salary cap situation. They're already over the salary cap for next year. Mm -hmm. If you put their roster together right now, they're already over the salary cap for next season. Robin Leonard makes $5 million a year. Logan Thompson makes less than a million dollars a year. If Logan Thompson plays well and in whatever six of the last games this year and they go to the playoffs and they go hell even if they don't I mean if he plays well but they you know the Kings just go on a run to finish it off here and the Golden Knights miss out by a point or two but yeah if he plays well and they make the playoffs and even if they lose in the first round or something but Thompson has a decent series it's a really easy decision to move on from Robin Leonard Mm -hmm. given their salary cap situation because a Leonard hasn't been good and has been the other part. The other part of Robin Leonard, whether it's fair or not, his availability has not been very good since no. he's been a Golden Knight. No, he's he has, always had 
He's uh, been out for mul- there have been yes. multiple reasons yes. that Robin Leonard has missed time. Yes. And multiple injuries. And that's something you should probably take into consideration is how it, you can sit back and say, well, if Robin Leonard's fully healthy. He's a top 10 goalie in the league and all this. And, and we want to have that. But how often has Robin Leonard been healthy as a golden knight? Not as yeah. much as you no. would want. And so that's a consideration too. Given your salary cap situation, it could be a very easy decision to move Robin Leonard in the offseason. Now, now you're in a spot where they've been for the last two years where you're having to shed cap and the other team knows it and you're going to have to trade Robin Leonard with a third round pick just to get rid of him or something like that because you have no leverage. But that's a legitimate possibility for the Golden Knights. And right now, I think that's best case scenario long-term for this team. If they could get, if they could, well, move, especially if Logan Thompson plays right, this way, if they could move yeah. off of Leonard's contract yeah. and have a good goalie for a yes. m- less than a million bucks, Be, by far the best situation. That's yeah. that's beautiful because I said it yesterday. One of the things the Golden Knights are going to need, and why Brendan Brisson is out there is like this shining glimmer of hope. They need a player that's making like no money. To be really good. Not like Nick Wall, you can plug him in anywhere, but they need a guy that's making seven hundred, eight hundred, nine hundred thousand dollars to be awesome. And if Logan if he's just gonna be a top 20, 15 goalie, and you're paying the guy eight hundred thousand dollars, great. Like that that's probably worth it because you can make the rest of the roster that much stronger. You also could find a defenseman. Who's kind of been on long term IR for a while makes about seven hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars. The free agent Jared, we're campaigning to get Jake Bischoff out of Vegas. Oh wow! Okay, he's not going to play here. They hate him. Get him out of Vegas. Get him on a team that appreciates his skill set. He's a free agent next year. Yeah, he won't come back. I doubt it. No, I wouldn't. Got to get out. Find some playing time. Do you think Pete DeBoer likes him enough to where? If he is hurt or he's got all these issues and he takes the summer to get healthy, they bring him back. Uh, how good is just, Logan Thompson just, in the next think, couple of weeks? <laughs> I just think there's something within Pete DeBoer who really likes Robin Leonard. I think if Logan Thompson like carries them to the playoffs, he's going to like Logan Thompson more right. than he likes Robin Leonard. Um, the other part of that, though, if this team misses the playoffs or even if they lose in the first round... How confident are we, A, Pete DeBoer's back, and B, is that going to be his biggest decision? We talked about it earlier this week. Are they having to fire assistant coaches? Like, is that the... No, they scored a power play goal. Come on. They saved their job. They almost scored two. (laughs) Yeah. They almost scored two. Kind of scored two. Kind of scored two. Clock clock malfunction. They probably did score two. There were still only four flames in the defensive zone when Dodonov scored with a second after the power play expired. So... It's kind of a power play goal, even though they were terrible on that power play before yes. then. <laughs> Still, I think they'll take it. I think, uh, as uh, Shane Knighty said last night, uh, they'll take that. They'll consider it a power play goal. Count it. It's as good as it gets yeah. for the Golden Knights. Yeah, you're right. They saved their jobs last night with those power play goals. So, uh, Logan Th- Oh, that's the other thing on Logan Thompson. Has he been good enough that he needs to get ads? He's been playing I in wouldn't- his... All I wouldn't mess pads. with anything that I've done so far. Okay, you're not getting new pads. I'm not getting, not until I start playing poorly. I might as well just stay with everything that's happening well now. He's playing really well. I wouldn't change a thing. He looks like the emergency backup goalie because his pads are all gray. Mm-hmm. They're supposed to be silver because he plays played for the Silver Knights. 
but they're all gray and they don't match the uniforms at all. He looks like he's playing for the wrong team. He needs new pads. Where even those, now, even as well gold, as he's playing, where those See, gold I don't change pads flurry. Where are those gold pads flurry had? Did he take them with him? He might have taken them with him for whatever reason, given now he plays for a green team. <laughs> I saw him last night. He was, I think he was all green last night. I don't know what the pads were, but I don't think they were the gold ones from Should the Golden Knights. Get flurry to overnight him to Logan Thompson <laughs> in uh, Edmonton yeah. so he can have some pads and look like he actually is playing for the right team and not a guy that's on the wrong team. He's been good enough. He deserves some new pads. But you're right. He would. I highly doubt. If I don't think he changes there, anything. Out there in new pads and gave up six, six goals. Oh yeah, <laughs> the board would be like, "What the hell did you change something?" The Golden Knights wrong fan base would blame them oh. missing the playoffs oh, on yeah. the pads. Absolutely, that Twitter would, be, would explode. That would be the number one reason they would miss. Twitter the playoffs. would explode. There'd be a rally to burn those pads. Yes, yes, there would. Yes, there would. By the way, oh, last night's game. One of the funniest things that happens on a semi-regular basis in hockey happens. Braden McNabb lost his skate blade. And it is always the funniest thing because you have a hockey player. When they lose their skate blade, they cannot skate because there's no blade in one of their skates. And they just have to like crawl or try to do it on one leg or get pushed by a teammate over there. It's always hilarious because they look helpless. But Braden McNabb last night loses his skate blade, is stuck in his own defensive zone. All of a sudden, Calgary's got a transition opportunity, and he just launches himself diving headfirst, belly flopping onto the ice to try to block the shot. <laughs> like, <laughs> he can't skate, but he's like, you know what I'm doing? I'm he first into this shot to see if I can block it. So kudos to Braden McNabb, but I always find it funny when guys lose their skate blade because... They look helpless out there, and they literally can't do anything because you can't skate. Remember when Robin Leonard lost his skate blade like twice and three times in the same game? Did he lose or it three series? times? Or in the over the course same of the series. series. Yeah, he lost it, I think, three times. Which is... We kept having to stop, and if there'd be like a guy who would like run behind him with like a right, screwdriver, right, and then it would right. just be like, yes. make sure you actually tighten yes. it this time. <laughs> no, I think the problem was the skates were like, five or six years old and Leonard just liked them and didn't want to change. Them. Oh yeah. So it's a, uh, who there's a really famous example of somebody in baseball, a shortstop whose glove they're like, Oh, I really love this glove. And it's like, yeah, the ball went through. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Coming up next, we'll jump into the NBA as we are so close to the real playoff. The other quick part is like, okay, if you take a fantasy draft and you're like building a team out, and you got what Braun can do and the way that I can shoot the ball. Like, obviously, there's like a curiosity. Like, what would that look like? But also, there's a realist, realism of like, that's why I said I'm good right now. It's just you can never let your mind go from what you know is is your situation, what is your moment, your time, and who I've been rocking with from, from day one. So that's my best that's my best answer at it because it's, it's fantasy, it's, it's wild, but there's a respect and appreciation. There's a surrealness because of where I came from and, and how we first interacted back when I was in college. But if this was 2K, that'd be pretty lethal. <laughs> We're back to the press box with Grady and Bischoff. You play 2K? No. Oh. <laughs> yes, you have. I've seen you do it. When? When we were at GameWorks. Oh, I have played it before in my life. See? Okay. You don't go every night. No, I don't. I don't no, own he, a game console to he, play NBA 2K on. He famously retired from video games after breaking, what was it, the third controller? Probably more than that. Oh, no. Yeah. I was like in high school. Though. Temper guy. Oh yeah, furious watching those video games are dumb. 
No, they're not. They're amazing. Yeah. You play? Uh, yes. I play okay. like pretty much that. That I don't have a girlfriend and I don't have any money. Yeah, of course I play video games. <laughs> video games are expensive. What are you talking about? No, for uh, they give you now if you pay for the internet stuff, they give you one for free, and it's normally they give you last year's 2K. <laughs> All right. First off on Steph Curry, who you just heard there, uh, he is expected to be back for game one against the Nuggets. He's got to play in a team scrimmage to be cleared uh, officially. Do you believe the Warriors are healthy enough to be a title contender? I'm not sure about a title contender. I mean, I watched Clay Thompson play pretty well the other night. Um, you have Draymond, uh, Curry beat up. I'm not so sure to be a title contender because I didn't know if they're a title contender going in with Phoenix. Phoenix has the last two weeks on this show, almost everyone we've had on here to talk about the NBA has basically made it sound like Phoenix is going to just roll through, walk roll through everybody, this conference. walk through it. That they like, what, what are we putting the over under on games? They lose before the finals is like two and a half. Boy, that, that, that few, like that's the way people have been talking about three series, them. right? Yeah. Three series. Are they going to sweep the eight, beat the four, beat the four, five, five and one and then five, five games? one. Yeah. Like Ooh. that's the way, that's the way everybody keeps talking about them. I don't think they're good enough to where we can write off Memphis and Golden I'd State. go over on that. I would, too. I would not go two and a half. That's, that's, <laughs> that's hard to do even when you're by far the best team. I, I think Memphis and or Golden State can give them a legitimate run in the Western Conference Finals, especially if Golden State is healthy. If you're telling me that, that Curry, Clay, and Draymond are all going to be healthy basketball players for the Western Conference Finals, I think that Warriors team can beat the Phoenix Suns. I see Chris Paul getting ejected because Draymond Green... <laughs> Like annoys him to the point where he takes a swing at him. Is that the game plan? <laughs> well, Draymond, also, Draymond, you can get ejected this time, but make sure you take Chris take Paul. Take Chris with Paul you. with you. Those also are two guys that are both known as like they like to hit people below the belt. They'll just hit each other. <laughs> yeah. Same just time. Take each other out. The same time. So Steph Curry expected to play. The other interesting injury news from yesterday is on Ben Simmons. And there's a report that Ben Simmons could make his debut for the Brooklyn Nets. In game four of the first round. Look, I'm going to believe when I see this guy on the floor, but how can they say game four? I don't know. That is weird. I mean, if you just want to say maybe he'll play in the series, maybe he'll start the series, but it's like, no, no, no. We're going to get this guy back by game four. I, I mean, that's very strange. Listen, I'm going to believe it when I see no, it. No, no. I appreciate the game four uh, specificness. Because we deal with the Golden Knights and players are on the horizon and game time decisions and then don't play for a week or day to day and they actually have a season long injury. So I appreciate the preciseness of trying to predict game four for Ben Simmons return there. I mean, the Nets were your pick two months ago to come out of the East. I am fascinated to see this a without Ben Simmons because it's Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. And if they both play really well they're they can win any series they're in, but if they get Ben Simmons back and Ben Simmons is like, good, obviously it'll be the first basketball game. He will have played in almost an entire year. But if Ben Simmons is actually good, Ben Simmons changes. What's the biggest weak part of the nets. And that's them. Their defensive defensive side of the ball. Ben Simmons, it, Listen, he got afraid to shoot with Philadelphia. Ben Simmons has always been a great defender. That's never been an issue for Ben Simmons. And if you tell me, all right, you don't even have to be the second option. You don't, hell, he might not even be the third. Might option. not even be the third. Right. Like Seth Curry's a good scorer, right? right? 
if you're telling me Ben Simmons is going to shoot six times a game and be the best defender at six ten on that team, he's improving their biggest weakness. Now, again, first basketball game in a year, there's, there's a ton of question marks, but if they can get through Boston and all of a sudden Ben Simmons is close to being the defensive Ben Simmons that we know, the Nets might actually be the favorites to come out of the East. That second round series with the Bucks would probably be the Eastern Conference Finals. You're telling me to bet uh, the Nets in Game Four. <laughs> You're telling me to bet. Can you, that right can you now. bet that? Can right I now? bet that right now? Can I go to the book and say, no, 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 I don't want the series, and I certainly don't want the Game One. But can I bet Game Four right now? Because that's when Ben Simmons is going to play. Well, the problem is, like you said. You're going to have to see it before you believe it yeah. to see him actually on the floor in game four when the game you still starts. Hold on, you still hold on that Ben Simmons is going to play more games than Luka? On the floor in game four? Oh, absolutely now. Oh, he's definitely playing more than Luka now. Luka, right. Luka's going out. The Mavs are going out in round one to the Jazz, and the Nets are going to the second round, and Ben Simmons is going to play every game in the second round. All right. Mm. That was a very dumb hot take by me. but Yeah, it's gonna, that's not a good. It's going to work out well. Are we? Has Luca been cleared? Uh, I don't that think he's I officially been he has, cleared. He has, they play it's tomorrow. The, it's the hamstring, right? Uh, they play tomorrow the at noon. Calf? Yeah, they play tomorrow at noon. It's a yeah. leg injury. They play the or is it noon? Whatever. They play the first game tomorrow of the first round. So what's to say, Jared? He is out for game one. He is. Oh, officially, Luca injury update out for game one. According to, okay, well that's probably not great. <laughs> according to who? Clutch Sports. Isn't that LeBron's agency? That's LeBron's agent. Clutch points. Oh. Oh. I don't know what that means. <laughs> that might not be All real. Right. I don't know yeah. what that means. <laughs> Except it says Woj reported it, so I'll oh, try to find the tweet. Oh, out for game one. That was, that, Jared, that was a hell of a roller coaster you just took us on. The news out for game From one. From LeBron's agency to a website none of us have ever heard of to the guy who breaks all of the news in the NBA. Good work by you. That was impressive. So, Luca's not playing in game one. Which means Ben Simmons right. is clearly going to play. He's clearly going to play more. What games if they than both Luka play now. Game Four? Just Game Four too. Just they Game did, Four. They both come back for Game they Four. They both lose. They both get over. swept, and it's like, yeah. hey, then yeah, it's one-one. I think Wait, a, the actual Woj tweet says a lot of skepticism. So that's not an, that's Jesus. not definitive. This was this was tremendous work. This is, so maybe he's going to play in Game One. A lot of Probably skepticism. Not. I mean, they play in like tw- or twenty-four hours. Yeah. So there's still skepticism. That's not ideal. All right. Coming up next, Ben Brown joins the show. The Press Box Path to the Draft here on ESPN Las Vegas, 1100 AM and 100.9 FM is brought to you by the iconic Sahara Las Vegas. Joining us now from Pro Football Focus is Ben Brown. Good morning, Ben. How are you? Hi, Ben. I'm doing well, guys. I'm doing well. How are you guys feeling? We're we're good. Um, I do have a question for you. If we go back like a week ago, and I was asking you, you know, how much guaranteed money is Derek Carr going to get? Is he going to get 100% like Deshaun Watson did? Would you have guessed that he would only have gotten a guaranteed one year at signing of his new extension? I would not have whatsoever. I do think if you look at, you know, his particular contract extension in comparison to the other guys, like it does rank fifth overall in average per year uh, APY, but uh, looking at the guarantees, he is, you know, close to a hundred million dollars less than, you know, guys like Josh Allen, Patrick Mahomes, uh, you know, 180 million uh, less than Deshaun Watson in total guarantees. So it is uh, a drastic change, I would say, for that for his quarterback uh, contract compared to these other ones. And I do think that makes it, you know, a pretty heavy team friendly deal from my perspective. 
Yeah, what are the odds they really believe he can take him to the Super Bowl? Right, right. And, then I, and I think that's the question. I, you, know, um, you know, when Derek Carr talks and he says things like, you know, I, I want to be in Las Vegas for the rest of my career. I, that's the only team I want to play for. A lot of guys say that, um, but I do actually believe Derek Carr uh, when he says it because, you know, he, he's followed through with his actions uh, and how he negotiated this particular contract. It does obviously leave uh, the Raiders with a lot of outs if things uh, don't end up living up to expectation in 2022. Uh, you know, not very much dead money uh, in order to be able to move on from in 2023. I do think that is, you know, the key to uh, this evaluation with the new regime in place. Uh, and I do think that's, you know, it's it's reflective of a really good, solid team for the deal from my perspective. Okay, hold on. We had this argument yesterday. So I'm going to have to ask you, what are the odds that Derek Carr plays for another team in his career? I mean, that's a, that's a fair question. And it, it does hinge on this 2022 season, I would say, right? I mean, if he completely falls apart, if the team falls apart, if they finish fourth, you know, in the AFC West, no shot of the playoffs. Uh, and a lot of that does seem like it could be Derek Carr's fault. If, you know, a lot of things around him don't disintegrate like they even did last year. Um, it's going to be really difficult for them uh, to not move on from him. And then it, it is going to be, you know, when push comes to shove, that will be the time where it's like, well, does he actually want to uh, potentially be a backup with a chance at a starting job at a new location in 2023? And I think the odds of that happening are pretty slim. I would handicap it at, you know, between 15, 15, 10 and 15%, I would say, because I think, you know, with the structure around him, they're going to do enough to actually re-up him again in 2023 is my expectation. Yeah, he'd have to be, I mean, he'd have to be, we put it Pretty at bad. 80% yesterday. That, that It's a one year, but he'd have to be horrible for them to try to move right. on from him after a year. Right, right, right. And I, I mean, you know, they don't they don't have, you know, a pick till the, you know, the second round base of this year, so it's not like they're going to be drafted. It wasn't close to being a successor for him uh, this particular year. So, yeah, they, they don't really want to open it up and have nobody at the position in 2023, given, you know, the, the guarantees that they have at to other players at marquee positions as well, right? So I think it would have to be, a, you know, a complete disaster uh, in play for them to move on from him next year. So I agree with you. I think, you know, 10 to 15% is basically what I put it at. It might even be uh, a little bit lower than that. Ben Brown with us from Pro Football Focus. Um, all right, play, uh, be the be the sports book for me for a second. How big of a favorite or how much would it have changed by now if you had a bet out there for where Kyler Murray takes the, his first snap next season? How big of a favorite would Arizona be? I mean, I still think they have to be a heavy favorite because Kyler Murray doesn't really have any leverage, right? I mean, uh, if he doesn't report to training camp, he doesn't get um, he doesn't get the benefit of actually counting this year towards his contract, and then he's kind of stuck in this limbo. So um, it sounds like, you know, they're going to make him – kind of get there that I don't think there's going to be any sort of market for him at this point in time in order to move on for him. So I would have it, you know, minus 500, minus 600, uh, up into that range where he does take, you know, his next snap snap for the Arizona Cardinals. It might be under a little bit of, uh, you know, uh, you might not be happy about doing it, but I do think that is definitely the expectation. So why doesn't anyone want Baker Mayfield? <laughs> he's not I any mean, good. He's not any good. I mean, it's, I mean, he's it's not in, yeah, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate, but he, um, you know, he had kind of outside of the receiving position, he had almost the perfect situation around him. I do think that, you know, Kevin Stefanski is a guy uh, that's looked on relatively favorably, really favorably uh, from, a, you know, an offensive coordinator type position, putting his quarterback in really good situations. And Baker, you know, floundered in that sort of environment. I think a lot of other people are like, well, if we can't, if he can't even thrive in, you know, some of the best and ideal conditions, 
how good is he actually? And I do think that the answer is, uh, you know, not anywhere close to probably what we expected uh, over the last five years. So that I think that's the reason why. And, you know, Seattle's kind of, you know, the only option outside of maybe Carolina. And uh, it sounds like those two teams probably want to go in a different direction. So, uh, yeah, Mayfield uh, is probably looking at some sort of backup role or, you know, being unhappy in uh, any given situation that he's going to be in in 2022. The quarterback uh, market is kind of dried up here, but who would you rather trade for? Or who do you think gets traded first, Jimmy Garoppolo or Baker Mayfield? I think it's going to be, I would rather have Jimmy Garoppolo. I do think that, um, you know, both quarterbacks could potentially stick with their current teams, which sounds kind of crazy uh, to say now where we are at in the offseason. I do think, it, you know, heading into it after the Super Bowl, uh, the expectation was both those guys would be, you know, some of the first two moves hasn't necessarily worked out in that way. I do think Jimmy Garoppolo uh, getting traded somewhere does make uh, some sense from, you know, both teams' perspective. I do think he could be an upgrade at, you know, a couple of, uh, for a couple of teams at the quarterback position. I do think that the 49ers have, you know, a ton of reasons for why they should have Trey Lance as the starting quarterback uh, for their team in 2022. And I think, you know, doing that with Jimmy Garoppolo still on the roster just doesn't make a lot of sense. So I expect him to be on the move. Uh, Mayfield, yeah, I just, I just don't think there's a real market for him right now. And I think that the Browns uh, maybe are waiting a little bit to get the whole Deshaun Watson uh, suspension, suspension situation outlined before they really end up doing something drastic. And maybe they feel like he could actually be, uh, you know, a cog in their machine to actually get them to Deshaun Watson when that actually ends up happening. Draft talk now. Is there a team that you think might try to get into the first round or make a move out of it? I mean, is there a team right now that you're thinking might try to move up? Um, I mean, at least for the teams that you know are currently in the first round, um, you know, a lot of people think the Saints are going to be moving up. Uh, I think that's going to be kind of difficult given what they've already given up to Philadelphia. Um, if they wanted to move up even further and kind of package those two first round draft picks, I think they would have been better off just holding on to the 2023. Uh, first round pick. Um, so I think maybe they're an option, but I think they're probably a little bit overvalued in the market. I do think the Steelers are definitely still in play uh, for a quarterback. Um, so I think if we see maybe an early run on a guy going in the top 10, we could see them probably move up into the 10 or 12 pick range uh, in order to kind of solidify and draft the guy that they have honed in on uh, to compete with Mitchell Trubisky at quarterback. So I still expect, you know, the teams that are in need of quarterbacks to be the ones most likely to move up because there's just not a lot of value uh, in moving up in the draft if you're not selecting at that quarterback position. With draft prop bets in mind, how many quarterbacks do you think go in round one? I, I think it's so. It's You know, we've seen that number basically at two and a half or three and a half, depending on the juice. I think it's going to be lower than that. I don't expect a guy to go in the top ten right now. I know everyone's projecting or mocking somebody to go to Carolina um, I think they're a team that could move out given, you know, if they get a decent sized package uh, for them to move outside of the top six. I do think that if that happens, uh, we're not going to see a guy go in the first 15 picks. So I do think that going under uh, on two quarterbacks or under two and a half quarterbacks selected uh, is probably the only approach that I would be betting right now. And I do think that uh, that's probably how we see this draft actually play out. Aiden Hutchinson continues to be from what I'm seeing the favorite here is, uh, you know, not a slight favorite, a pretty decent favorite. Who can upset that? Who can upset the apple card there in terms of taking that away? Yeah, I think the trendy, popular uh, pick right now is Trayvon Walker. I don't actually buy into that a whole lot. Um, obviously has, you know, the athletic intangibles that teams covet, but uh, just wasn't there from a production standpoint. 
in the college football level, given, you know, the historic nature of that Georgia defense. So I'm not really buying into him as, uh, you know, an alternate option to Aiden Hutchinson. I still think, uh, and there were some, you know, beat, repri- beat reporter reports and stuff like that coming out that, you know, Doug Peterson wants a guy on the offensive side of the football at that number one overall pick. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if they still win tackle position, given, you know, Evan Neal, Iki Kwanaway, those sorts of options uh, for the number one overall pick. But I think they're honestly kind of trying to uh, drum up interest and maybe move down to, you know, the third or fourth selection and allow one of these teams to actually move up and select the guy that they really want to is kind of what my expectation is right now, whether that actually happens or not, or they get enough to move down a couple spots uh, is an entirely different question, but it doesn't seem like they're overly sold on any one guy right now. And I do think that creates uh, an opportunity in the trade market. How many wide receivers do you think go in the first round? So I think, yeah, it's, that's a good question. I know that, that line's set at five and a half. Um, I, I think that that's probably going to finish under as well. I don't expect any receiver to go in the top ten. Uh, maybe Jamison Williams right now. He's the guy getting the most buzz, obviously. Uh, High-end uh, speed and production at Alabama can definitely you know stretch the football field in a number of different ways. So he's the guy that I expect would be, uh, you know, I think makes the most sense laying in the top ten, but I do think that, uh, given the state of you know the other positions, we're going to see probably three or four edge rushers go, three uh, three offensive tackles go as well uh, as two cornerbacks. So that really leaves only one other spot for somebody to go in the top ten. Um, so I think that those guys are all going to fall, and if they do, uh, we're not going to see as many selected in the back half of the first round. So I'm going to go under. Uh, we'll probably end up with five wide receivers uh, is my projection currently uh, to go in the first round of the NFL draft. Well, he is Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus. Ben, as always, we appreciate it. Thanks, Ben. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks, guys. Have a great show. Take care. So, Ben Brown from Pro Football Focus NFL Draft. Going to be here in Vegas starting on Thursday. Ben Brown with all of your prop betting information. The draft is taking over Las Vegas, April 28th through the 30th, and you can be there to witness it live. NFL Fan Fest features player appearances, photo ops, live concerts, and more. And it's all free with the NFL One Pass app. The NFL Draft, presented by Bud Light. Visit NFL.com slash NFL One Pass to register. I'm proud that we have it. Uh, I think that when I look at what has happened since uh, we've done the contract, the, uh, the reps, what Dak has evolved, and what we're doing in here to look for players that uh, complement what he does the best. That's who, in my mind, who we're complimenting when we look at what we're doing, whether we're blocking them out or whether we're uh, basically trying to get him some field position. So, yes, we're glad we got him. And, and Deshaun, Deshaun's contract was a, was a big one. Uh, it just reinforces. Uh, it just takes uh, one or two teams to really cover the player, and uh, uh, they really uh, get those numbers on up there. Live from the Finley Toyota ESPN Las Vegas studios, this is the Press Box with Graney and Bischoff. Thanks to Ben Brown for joining us later in the show. We're going to have tickets to go see Jimmy Buffett to give away, plus some free Porta subs and a shot to win a Yeti cooler. All of that's coming up, so make sure you stay tuned to the Press Box. Mike Mayock spoke again. He talked to Paul Domowich. And a couple of quotes from him looking back on Rich Basaccia and the decision that Mark Davis made to move on from Basaccia and ultimately Mayock. Uh, Mayock said, in my mind, I felt Richie had earned the opportunity to be the team's head coach. 
I thought we worked incredibly well together. I think the way we looked at the situation was we got this thing going the right way. We built a strong foundation. We had one of the youngest rosters in the league. Our salary cap situation was outstanding. We felt like we had the right kind of people in the building and the foundation was built. Now let's continue to build on it. The bottom line was we were both pretty excited about the future there. Obviously, that's not what happened. Um, <laughs> obviously, Do- obviously. Domowicz, the, the author here, he then wrote, Mark Davis was never sold on Basaccia. League sources said he had pretty much made up his mind to replace him when the Raiders were 6-7. and seven. Remember, the Raiders won their last four games to go to 10-7. and seven. If Mayock had any chance of surviving in Vegas, he may have killed it by continuing to pound the table for Basaccia. You believe okay. that? That Mayock effectively lost his job? Or- I mean, I do, given the quote, right? I mean, if you read the quote. But, but not, I mean, not do you believe he was pounding the table for Basaccia. Do you believe he lost his job as GM because Mark Davis was like, well, I'm not bringing Basaccia back, and you keep trying to tell me to bring him back, so you're gone too. Yeah, I think that had to be probably a lot to do with it. If he did, if that's who, I mean, the GM usually wants to know who the, wants to be the one to hire the coach, and if he kept telling Davis, this is my guy, this is my guy, Davis said, well, if you're that, you know, if you're that adamant about it, we're probably going to move on from you too. Because this is not my guy, so you're this not, not my guy This either. was not his guy. Um, it's interesting because... What the Raiders ended up doing was bringing in a head coach general manager combo. They ended right. up bringing guys that came together from New Package England, deal. which to me would imply that Mike Mayock would have been gone either way. Because, like, does Josh McDaniels take this job if Mike Mayock is entrenched as the general manager? I mean, he might because he wants to get back in as maybe, a head coach maybe. and he wants to be a head coach again. And so, how many offers or how yeah. many chances do you have? So I'm I'm curious how that might have played out if Mark Davis decided I want to keep Mike Mayock around. But get rid of Basachi. Right. And Mike Mayock might not have been interested in, in Josh McDaniels at all. So maybe right, it never right. happens to begin with if Mike Mayock sticks around. But here's the other quote from Mike Mayock that I thought was uh, fun. The two special teams guys I pushed for for years to be head coaches were John Harbaugh and Rich Basaccia. I thought both of them would be special head coaches to the point where I recommended both of them to Boston College, a school near and dear to my heart, back in 2007. Harbaugh interviewed for the job and didn't get it. The following year, he got the Ravens job, and he is one of the best coaches in the league. Rich Basaccia did a great job as an interim head coach of the Raiders last year. But Mike Mayock trying to come back and say, listen, I loved John Harbaugh when he was a special teams coach. I knew he was going to be great. And Rich Basaccia could be the same thing is one of the funniest ways to go back in time and be like, I knew all along. Well, I Rich, I can, I got an eye for talent in the coaching level. And isn't it easy to say now? Yes. With John Harbaugh. It's like, yes. he, you know, all of us in the room could say, well, we think he's a pretty good coach <laughs> in the NFL. Yes. We're not going to say I would try to get him the BC job back in 07, but it's, it's fairly easy now for Mike Mayock to come out and say this stuff. Yes. And I love that he is equating Rich Passaccia to John Harbaugh. Yeah, I love that he's acting like, well, Rich Basacci is going to be just as good as John Harbaugh because I see that in him. And I saw it in John Harbaugh back in 2007. Like, that's not how this works. Like, no. that's that's not at all how this works. And that is also 15 years ago that he recommended this. <laughs> 
what else happened in the last 15 years that he either whiffed on or maybe got right in terms of identifying good coaches or good players? Yeah, I was going to say, we have several first-round picks that kind of question his talent evaluation. (laughs) Maybe he's a good coach evaluator and just not a good player evaluator. Maybe that's what it is. I will say I have heard the argument that the reason you want a special teams coach as your head coach is so that it basically leaves the offensive and defensive coordinators to just do their job. Well, that was a lot of what Passaccia got credit what, for. Yeah, was, exactly. He, he kind of stepped out of the way. Yeah, was he, he was just going to manage the scenario. Right. Now, fair, because it was the first time he's a head coach, he was kind of rough in some of those first few games with timeout decisions, and I think he had a terrible challenge in there. Well, he didn't know how to use his headset. That's what it was, so too. So when yes. you don't know how to use your headset and your head coach, that <laughs> tends to lead to those problems. I think that was the Denver game. Was, was that the, the game Denver? they won? I can't remember. I think it was the game they won because he because he was joking about it. It was it the first one. Yeah, he he started joking afterwards that I don't know how to use the headset. And I don't think he would have been joking about it had they no. lost because that would have been a bad. He lose the game and then the head coach is like, I don't know how to use the headset, yeah. guys. That would have been a, he would he probably would have been the interim for one week if that had been the case. So I just Mike Mayock with a little bit of revisionist history to 15 years ago to suggest that Basachi is going to be just as good as John Harbaugh. Because he saw it in them 15 years ago. Yeah, let's, let's calm down there. What what other coaches I mean, does he recommend in the last 15 years? We'll see what happens in Green Bay. If he's really, really good, maybe he gets a shot somewhere. Well, we're not... <laughs> that, that was the, I think that was one of the big problems for Rich Passaccia. How does he get another shot? Oh, as a head coach, I don't know if he does. Right, because he, does. he... Like, this was the shot. Yeah. Whether it was Vegas yeah. or just another team being like, oh, we like what he did there. Right. Is he, he going to get a legit shot I don't know as a head if he's, coach? I don't know. In the future, if Rich Passaccia is a special teams coach, is on many lists. Yeah, I, unless Mike Mayock gets hired again. Yes. If right. another team hires Mike Mayock as GM, that head coach better be worried. Be like, God, he's going to hire that he's special teams that, coordinator that in, Green Bay. in Green Bay. The next John Harbaugh's coming and following Mike Mayock.